Let us pray. And Father, we want to thank you for the opportunity we have to come before you. You are a wonderful Father. Thank you for the many ways that you love us. And thank you for the many ways that you help us. At this time, Lord, we, we come to hear your word. I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will come upon us, that you will teach us, and you will bless us. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We come to this message uh, from the text we've read, John chapter 12, 1 to 11. And we're looking at the point um, of a flowing love of God to someone and that one in return showed the kind of appreciation of the love of God upon her life. So Jesus uh, said it in the word that we have read, uh, which one will love most? And what we find that when people have received such great love, they are willing to show appreciation and a flowing love of God for what they have received. So during the ministry of Jesus, he had encounters with different people. And in those encounters, lives were changed. So here in this passage, or this, this test, we come across one of those encounters. In this theme, mostly about forgiveness, we see the loving act of service by a woman who realized what had been done for her. And in return, she displayed openly her love to the man who had done that for her. She was willing to honor Jesus for this love that has changed her life. So in this passage, we see four things at play here. This woman's acknowledgement that her sins are forgiven, a flowing gratitude in that knowledge, and the critical spirit of those, the Pharisee that was against her, and then what I can call ending well, because she is still remembered today. I'm preaching about her today because of what she had done. In John's account, we read that it was the sister of Lazarus whom Jesus had raised from the dead that had performed this act of pouring expensive perfume on Jesus and wiping his feet with her hair. We are told that the house was filled with the fragrance of this perfume. A dinner was given in the honor of Jesus, and it was near the Passover time, Jesus going to Jerusalem and stopped over at Bethany at the house of Lazarus, shared with his sister, Martha, and Mary. And we're told that as Martha went to serve, or as she was serving, it was Mary who came and poured the oil on him and wiped it with her hair. Judas, one of the disciples, was obviously present, and he objected to this art. He said, why wasn't this perfume sold and money given to the poor? 
not because he loved the poor. Uh, we are made to understand that he was a thief. And as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself um, to what was put into it. And Jesus' comment to um, Judas was to leave her alone. It was intended that um, she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. And we have similar accounts in Luke, uh, Matthew, and Mark. But let's look at um, Luke's account. And Luke's account can be found in Luke chapter 7 from 36 to 50. There was an incident here. We are told in Luke's account that Jesus was invited by a Pharisee. And Jesus accepted this invitation. And Pharisees, as you may know, are a religious set who obeyed every, um, obeyed very strict um, laws, very strict laws, and added their own to God's law. That's what they did. So there was an invitation. Jesus accepted this invitation, and as he's always done, Scriptures have us to believe that he went about doing good. He went to wherever he was needed to impart lives, to save lives, and to heal all that came across him. So strange things started to happen in the house of this Pharisee. There was some sort of invasion by this woman because she was not invited. In that culture at that time, it was not strange for someone to enter the house, but it was strange for a woman to do so uninvited. It was even stranger for this woman, who they knew to be a sinner, to enter the house of a Pharisee. This woman's approach to the table and her action were even stranger. And then the Pharisee thought to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, for she is a sinner. In fact, his logic um, and reasoning were flawless. Yet she was indeed a sinful woman. It's incredible how people can judge you by your past way of life, uh, not allowing for the fact that when we come to God, he does wonders in our lives. He changes situations. He turns people around. And people have moved from their old ways of doing things to new ways because of the encounter they have with Jesus. The scripture makes us understand that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But Jesus knew better. He read the mind of the Pharisee. You see, Christ answered him through parable in order to rebuke him. And while he was here on earth, whenever Jesus wanted to give an insight to something, and when he wanted to speak to people about certain situations, he always spoke to them through a parable, 
and parable have hidden meanings. And he was he used that a lot in order to express whatever point he wanted to uh, put across. Jesus told the Pharisee a story about a creditor who had two debtors, two debts, and both we are forgiven. In fact, one um, owed 500 denarii and the other one owed 50 denarii. They were both forgiven. They were both asked not to pay back what they owed. Then Jesus asked the Pharisee a question, which one we love most? The Pharisee answered, the one who is given the most. And Jesus said to the Pharisee, your answer is correct. The teaching from, from this parable, Jesus said, look at this woman. Contrast it to what you have done. He was speaking to the Pharisee. That since I have come to your house, you did not give me water for my feet. But this woman, as soon as she entered your house, she has wiped my feet, my feet with her tears and also cleaned it with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman did. From the time I entered, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Thereby, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. She did all these things that you should have done, but you didn't. Friends, we come to that situation that we see the Pharisee judging the woman. For she was a sinner. But Jesus looked at the whole situation and said that our judgment should not based should not be based on people's um, from where people have come, are coming from. Like Scripture makes us to understand that if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. For you are uh, behold, all things have passed away and all things have become new. She should be looked at not from the lens of her past mistakes, not from the lens of her past errors, not from the lens of whatever she had done in the past. But she's now in Christ. She came into your house because she found forgiveness in me. She found the love that she was looking for. And she should not be judged because of what she had done in the past. She now has a a changed status in Christ. Jesus was in effect saying and teaching all of us that not to have a critical spirit that judges people by their past failures, their errors, their mistakes, or their inadequacies. He didn't judge her but rather welcomed her and what she did to him. Her sins are already forgiven. This is shown by the fact that she loves much. Those who love little show little forgiveness. And those who love big show bigger forgiveness. 
She was saved. Not because of her contrition. Yes, it was necessary. Repentance is necessary. But she was saved because of her faith. Jesus commended her and said, your faith has saved you. And we need, as people of God, to reflect and ask ourselves, did the Lord forgive and graft us in because of our perfection? The answer is no. It is because of mercy and grace. It is grace that draws us close to him. It's grace that has saved us. Not of works, not of the things we have done. In fact, the scripture makes us understand that our righteousness is more like a filter rag. But the grace of God is sufficient. And that grace is available to all of us as we draw close to him, as we come to him. We experience a divine love that can change anyone, that can change any situation, that can draw us closer and closer to him. And that we can experience a love so amazing, a love so divine that keeps us closer and closer to him. Our job surely as Christians must be to help people who are broken as this woman was. People who are trodden upon. Those who are cast down by whatsoever reason or whatever challenges that they are going through. To help them to get up and not to be cast down as was done by the Pharisee. This woman left the presence of God, the presence of Jesus, knowing that she was restored. She was restored to a right relationship with God. In other words, you and I, as people of God, as children of God, are called into the business of restoration. Jesus' acknowledgement of this lady, of this woman, was in a way bringing restoration to her bringing her to a right relationship with God. You could see that he did not chase her away, but rather invited her in, but rather loved her. And that is what we are called as children of God to also do. In fact, the psalmist we see in Psalm 86, uh, this played out again. The summit recognizes that God's mercy is the source of our forgiveness. David called out to God and said, I know that you are forgiven and good, abandoning love to all who call to you. That is mercy and divine forgiveness is eternal. David realizes that his mercy is what moves us from sin to repentance, which makes salvation possible. This is the basis of the hope we have. That we, if we come to God, he is able to forgive us. That our hope in him is not in vain. But our hope in him is a hope that can be trusted. That he loves us. And he loves us unconditionally. This forgiveness is offered to all repentant sinners. That's why Mary realized the depth of what was done for her and she was willing 
to love more. In our lives, this is what happens whenever we remember our own shortcomings and come to repentance and ask God for mercy. God is willing to forgive us, to forgive anyone that will cry out for mercy. What then happens automatically is the worship being given to the God upon that realization that we and, and, and that realization of knowing what God has done for us. We throw ourselves at his feet, knowing fully well that we have been restored in that right relationship with him. Knowing fully well that we are programmed to spend eternity with Christ. I will not end this message without bringing something to your notice. This lady could have been said to have ended well for this very singular art as a memorial to her credit. And sometimes his life is not usually where you started, but it's how you end up. It can be said that she ended well. She may have been a sinner, but a sinner who was forgiven. And the effect of forgiveness is Jesus commending her to go in peace, giving her an assurance of peace. She needed that commendation. And when she was released in peace, I know that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, must have come all over her. And this commendation also applies to all those who will put their trust in him, knowing that he lives now to make intercession for us, that he is reliable and can be trusted with all our cares, with all our affairs. So wherever you find yourself, we have a God who loves us, a God who forgives us. And the natural reaction to this situation is that we love him back. We love him back. We love him more. We throw ourselves at him because we know that he is our father and he is our God. As I begin to bring this message to close, we see here the reaction of a grateful woman because she was forgiven. She was forgiven as a result of her faith. And the product of that forgiveness is gratitude as she's displayed on Jesus. Let us pray. And our loving God and Master, we thank you that we can come to you and that you are there with open arms to welcome us. Thank you for the love and the joy that this woman, a sinner, found in knowing you. And I pray, Father, as we come to you, in whatever state that we're in, we know that you will always welcome us. You will always be with us. And you will always love us. We thank you and we bless you now. For we ask this 
in Jesus' name. Amen.